You're listening ad-free with Wondery Plus. This is not a story about an old man in bifocals at the center of a revolution, but rather another tale of a boy who had no idea he'd one day wind up on the $100 bill. I didn't even know if I'd survive my first day in New York. Or my first encounter with Danny Quinn and his dirty dogs. My friend Jack warned me New York could be an unwelcoming place, but I hardly expected such abysmal hospitality. Can I drop him in the river now, Danny? Can I? Pull the level, Ruby! <laughs> Give him the drop. Hold your horses. What did you mean you can tame lightning? On my way into your warehouse, I noticed a row of burnt-out buildings. Half the wharf went up in flames during a lightning storm last summer. Not surprised. You're a businessman, aren't you, Mr. Quinn? Well, I ain't the king of New York. Not yet. Then you've probably already noticed that this old place is a tinderbox. Another bonfire, waiting for a spark. And this thunderstorm could be a big one. I'll take my chances. Why should you? Why should anyone? What if you alone could offer the owners of these buildings protection from the heavens themselves? Uh, Protection from lightning bolts? Don't listen to him, Danny. He'd say anything to save his skin. Protection from lightning? Who wouldn't pay handsomely for that? Show me. I'll require an iron rod about three or four feet long, some twine, and a length of brass wire. And I'll need you to untie me. It's a trick, Danny. Don't do it. If I'm wrong, you can always feed me to the fishes later. And by the way, the plural of fish is fish. Cut them loose. Thank you, Ruby. Sweetie pie, shall we? To the roof? The storm was intensified as Big Lou and Ruby dragged me to the roof of their headquarters. Uh, set the rod against the chimney and hand me some twine. Only a fool would stand on this roof in a thunderstorm. Every great inventor has been called a fool in his own time. Ah! Ooh, that was close. Is the tamer of lightning afraid of the storm? Me? Afraid? You may remember back in Boston, I had two fears. Heights and lightning. But I would not let my fears get the better of me now. My life depended on it. Look at him, shaking in his boots. Help me lash the iron to the chimney! Hurry! Boss, do it! Danny... If he's brave enough to be up here sorry, do what he says. Just a few more twists. There! And now, where's that length of wire? Take it! As you can see, attaching one end to this iron rod and dropping the rest of the wire off the roof. You two! Down there! Sunny and Harry, right? Catch! <laughs> we got it! Now what? Stick it into the ground! Quickly! <sighs> Done! Do we hold on to it? Only if you want to be barbecued! What? Let go! And hurry back into the Me as Benjamin Franklin, statesman, inventor, 
founding father. But back in the 1720s, as a teenager in New York, I was just plain Ben. Printer, budding adventurer, dreamer, and self-proclaimed tamer of lightning. You can open your eyes, dirty dogs. It's safe. Behold the mystery of electricity. The iron rod catches the lightning bolt and sends it through the wire into the ground below, where it becomes harmless. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes... I'm going to sell this trick to all the gangs at this pier, and then I move on to... It's not a trick, Mr. Quinn. It's science. Science, you say? And there's more where that came from. Danny, you can't really be buying this act. Benjamin Franklin, here's your knapsack with our apologies. Let me be the first to officially welcome you to Danny Quinn's New York. As promised, once the storm quieted, Danny Quinn gave me a walking tour of his New York. And everywhere we went, people knew him. Careful where you step, Benjamin. The city is growing by the moment, but folks have been known to fall in a pothole and never be seen again. Boy, Danny Quinn! Need a ride on my wagon? No thank you, Charlie. Hiya, Danny. What's a good word, Smitty? How do all these people know your name? I make it my business to be popular in the neighborhood. I scratch their backs and they scratch mine. Huh. Do you know the printer George Williamson? Uh, can't say I'm much interested in the newspaper business. No money in it. In my experience, money never makes a man happy. The more he has, the more he wants. Maybe you just haven't met the man who's gotten all he wants. Excuse me, I'm gonna grab us a couple of ripe apples off that cart. Oh, I don't have any money to... No worries about that, kid. Is he stealing those apples? Uh. Well, if it isn't the young fugitive from Boston. Uh, the watchman! Not gonna escape me this time. No papers, no freedom. Now come with me. Uh. Uh. I believe you're mistaken, Mr. Randall. Franklin here's no runaway. Danny Quinn. He has the papers to prove he's a free man. Asked me to hold him for safekeeping. Didn't you, Benjamin? What? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, of course. Here you are. Signed by his former employer, James Franklin of the New England Court. I see. And now, my friend Benjamin would like an apology. Oh, really? That's not necessary. An apology for questioning the character of this fine young man. Danny, I really, I, I don't... We haven't got all day, Mr. Watchman. I'm sorry, Mr. Franklin. You have a nice day. Welcome to New York. Oh, uh, thank you. Say hello to your family, will ya? Danny Quinn, one day. How did you make him do that? Like I said, my reputation is well known on these streets. Here, have a fresh apple. Did you pay for that? <laughs> we all pay in the end, Benjamin Franklin. Catch. Danny tossed me the shiny red apple, and I took a bite, feeling a bit like Eve in the garden. Mm. Good apple. Danny walked me all over New York. 
From the chaotic bustle of Broadway to the elegant mansions on tree-lined streets. Who lives here? The houses on the left belong to the old Dutch merchants who swindled the island from the natives. And on the right? Even worse. The English lords and ladies. They bleed the city dry to line their pockets. But one day, I'll be richer than all of them. On the streets, people of all origins moved and intermingled like a living, breathing organism. The sights and sounds of this city were almost overwhelming. And some, like a place they called Meal Market, were horrific. What am I bid for this fellow? Come on now, getting starts at five pounds. It's an auction. It's the slave market, Benjamin. Big business in New York. Nothing I want anything to do with. They're buying and selling human beings. Why? The first slave ship had come to these shores from Africa almost a hundred years before I was born. Men, women, and children were bought and sold in every colony from Massachusetts Bay to Georgia. Of all my regrets, the greatest was not doing more to help end the horrible evil of slavery. As a boy, I was concerned with my own liberty and not nearly enough with the freedom of all others. Even when I helped bring independence to a new nation, my fellow human beings were still in chains. As an old man, I joined the call for abolition and equality, but arriving so late to the cause and not succeeding in my lifetime, I have no excuse, only shame. I hope that future generations will heed my warning that justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. I should be on my way now if I want to see Mr. Williamson at the print shop. But there's more to visit, and we've yet to discuss how we might harness that brain of yours. I appreciate you not dropping me in the river, Danny, but I'm a printer, not a... Watch out for the carriage! Ah! No! You saved me! I don't know about Boston, but here in New York you have to look both ways! Easy, Hannibal, easy, Caesar! That carriage didn't even stop! Hey! I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Careful, Benjamin. That's low. Billingsgate's rig. He thinks he owns this town. Because he does. The driver, a nasty-looking fellow with a square jaw and a tricorn hat, opened the carriage door. His employer, a proper English gentleman, complete with powdered wig and gold-handled walking stick, poked his head out, careful not to muddy his boots. What's the meaning of this, Higgins? Why did we stop? It was that'll run over the boy, your lordship. Boy, you there! Who, me? Yes, you, in the mud. For a moment, I thought he might be worried I was injured. You scamp, you might have hurt my horses. Your horses? You also gave my daughter a nasty shock. Fortunate for you, she's not easily frightened. What about me? You almost ran me over. Beg pardon, sir. We meant no harm. Oh, it's you, Quinn. Your lordship? How do you know? The words died in my mouth as the carriage door opened again. This time, 
a young woman emerged, twirling a parasol. Is everything all right, Father? No need to leave the carriage, Amanda. You'll soil your shoes. I have plenty more. Allow me, miss. Oh, hello, Mr. Quinn. Who's your friend? Miss Amanda, may I present Mr. Benjamin Franklin, formerly of Boston. Benjamin Franklin? At your service, miss. You seem to have dropped your... sketchbook. Oh, that. Just some ideas, inventions I've been playing around with. Uh, let me see that. It just looks like mm. doodles and nonsense to me. Oh, look at that. Wow. Fascinating. This one, it's a new fireplace design? I call it a stove. It will provide more heat, less smoke. It's only a concept. A genius one. Well, I... It was as if the moonlight was shining on her alone. What was it about those refined young women who were so far above me? In Boston, it was Felicity Templeton, the governor's daughter. But nothing had prepared me for Amanda Billingsgate. Or her father. Franklin, did you say? I seem to know that name. You remember, Father. It was the talk of the colonies. Something about the governor of Massachusetts Bay? The former governor, miss. Archibald Templeton. He tried to hang me. He was recalled to England in disgrace. So he was. <laughs> oh, yes. Quite an embarrassment. Such events won't happen in this city, I assure you. Shall we get back in the carriage, Amanda? We've wasted enough time here. Higgins! My lord. A shilling for Mr. Quinn, and tuppence for his muddy friend. Consider yourself lucky, Franklin, and warned. If you say so, sir. Thank you, your lordship. Say thank you, Benjamin. Uh, nice meeting you, Miss Amanda, but tell your father I don't need his money. Uh, uh, appearances to the contrary. Let's hope you're as clever as you are proud, Mr. Franklin. Higgins! Here! Maybe you're not as smart as I thought you were. See you around, Benjamin Franklin. Good luck with Mad George. Did you say Mad George? Why did they call Mr. Williamson that? Danny, wait! You stole my papers! Alone, poor, and caked in mud. I walked the dark streets, which seemed colder and more ominous than before. And despite my boastful words to Danny, I was soon hopelessly lost. Watch where you're going. Uh, sorry, mister. Can you tell me how to get back to... No. Even then, New Yorkers were, were friendly and helpful. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, can you tell me the time? What will look like? A clock? I was beginning to think Williamson's print shop had been a, a figment of my imagination when I heard a sound that sent chills down my spine. Keep moving! Keep moving, I said, or you'll feel the lash! Even now, it seems like a vision in a nightmare. Men and boys with 
just enough clothes to cover them, but not enough to keep them warm. Most of them barefoot, and all of them chained together as the overseer cracked the whip. These were the human beings who dug the canals and carved out the streets and constructed the buildings, not just in Charleston or, or New Orleans, but here in New York. It was then that I saw her, a young black girl about my age, standing beneath a street lamp. The glow was dim, uh, something I remedied one day. But even still, I could see defiance in her eyes. Psst, miss, don't let them catch you. What did you say? The man with the whip. If he sees you, he'll put you in chains. Run! You think I'm a runaway slave? Well, aren't you? How do I know you're not a runaway? <sighs> well, I have the papers to prove it. So do I. See for yourself. That is, if you know how to read. Hannah Bowen, free woman of color. I owe you an apology, Miss Bowen. I thought- I know what you thought. You're not the first. You're free. My father and mother earned their freedom before he passed away. Most aren't given that opportunity. We live with other black folks, both free and enslaved by the Collect Pond, north of the city. And you still haven't shown me your piece of paper. Oh, right, right here. Benjamin Franklin, formerly indentured to his brother James. I hope you don't think it's the same kind of servitude as the one my people experience in this country. Oh, no, I... Because it's very different. But I'm sure you're happy to have gained your freedom all the same. However, you do seem to be lost, Mr. Franklin. I'm quite fine, thank you. I'm headed to George Williamson's print shop. Well, then, you're fortunate to have found me indeed. Since I'm headed that way, and you're headed in completely the wrong direction. Oh, I was simply getting a lay of the land. <laughs> Follow me. Thank you for showing me the way, Miss Bowen. Have a good night. I told you. I was already heading here, Mr. Franklin. I'm not your tour guide. Why would you be coming to see the printer, Mr. Williamson, at this time of night? If you must know, I plan to open a school one day, named after my father who taught me, so that all black children in New York will have every opportunity to learn and grow as I did. A worthy ambition indeed. My mother made Mr. Williamson a garment in her sewing shop. When he heard of my ambitions, he started printing an extra copy of each book he published. An extra copy for you? For my school. Just last week, he presented me with Robinson Crusoe. Ah, Daniel Defoe. Thus, fear of danger is, is ten thousand times, times more terrifying, terrifying than danger, danger itself. itself. You know the protagonist represents and celebrates British colonial dominance, right? Oh, well, that is not a good thing. You didn't notice? Read it again and pay more attention next time. Yes. Yes, I will. Good. Now, it appears to be dark inside George's shop. Perhaps Mr. Williamson has left for the night. Odd. He usually prints his newspaper overnight and distributes it in the morning. Where are you staying tonight? 
Well, you see, Miss Bowen, the thing is, I just got off the ship, and... You don't even have a place to sleep? Well, I was hoping Mr. Williamson would let me sleep in the back room. After he hired me, of course. You hardly lack for confidence. Do you, Mr. Franklin? It's gotten me here, hasn't it? <laughs> you say that as if it's a good thing. I'll leave a note on the door, and... Oh. Mr. Williamson left it unlocked? It was locked earlier. What are you doing? I'm sure you won't mind if I look around, as one printer to another. You know that if someone catches us... I can talk my way out of anything. Someday, I'll tell you about how they were going to hang me on Boston Common. Look, here's a lamp. Hopefully the matches in my knapsack are dry. That's better. <gasps> Mr. Franklin! Holy Neptune! Somebody's turned the whole place upside down. The shop was a shambles. The printing press was in pieces, and all the bits of metal type were scattered on the floor amongst a, a blizzard of paper. Who would do such a thing? It might have been vandals, or robbers, or else... Or else who? Someone who doesn't like what Mr. Williamson prints in his newspaper. But where's Mr. Williamson? Wait! Hold the lamp closer! There's a puddle of ink spilled on the floor. <gasps> Mr. Franklin? Do printers use red ink to print their newspapers? None that I've seen. That's what I was afraid of. That isn't ink, is it? No. It's blood. I told you there would be a mystery, didn't I? Follow Young Ben Franklin on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. The next episode will be out in a week.